write down and write myself a letter and make believe it came from you. I'm gonna write words oh so sweet They're gonna knock me off of my feet A lot of kisses on the bottom I'll be glad I've got them I'm gonna smile and say I hope you're feeling better And close with love the way you do I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter. No, that's not Fats Waller. <laughs> that's Paul McCartney with the, uh, I guessed, sort of title track off of his most recent release, Kisses on the Bottom. And we're going to review Kisses on the Bottom today and also talk about the recent PBS special, which will be out on DVD later this year. Um, right here on I've Got a Beatles podcast. How you doing today, Dave? I'm pretty good, you know. I, uh, <laughs> I was inspired by that first song. I'm really in the mood to really talk a lot about kisses. Yeah, you can't see this, but Dave and I both have our smoking jackets on. <laughs> um, got a pipe. A pipe. Yep. I've, I've got a martini you. here. Yeah, my martini. So I, I'm set here. I, I am so excited about this, and... Uh, as Chris said, we're talking about Paul's newest album, which was released in February, right around Valentine's Day, and it was called Kisses on the Bottom, and the whole premise behind the album was that Paul wanted to record an album of songs that were songs that he listened to growing up, and so they tend to be from the 40s, 30s, even older, I think, in one case. And sort of popular songs from that period. and yeah. Songs dear to his mother's heart. Yeah, particularly to his mother's heart. And we know, <laughs> we know that Paul has a fondness for mothers. There's Mother Mary. There's Your Mother Should Know. Uh, he likes the, that old nostalgia. And it's, I'm, I don't know about you, I'm kind of impressed that it's taken him this long, or maybe I'm surprised that it's taken him this long to really record an album like this. It's very much in the style of the Rod Stewart uh, albums of a few years ago, recording uh, standards. And I'm surprised it took him this long. It's kind of uh, uh, my one of my uh, reactions to it. Hey, it's kind of like, uh, oh, time to go get my uh, Grammy now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, ooh, I know what the, I know what the the like the like a standards, uh, mm -hmm. you know type thing uh, recorded at Capitol Studios with Frank Sinatra's <laughs> microphone <laughs> <That's> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah so um, but I, I'm not sure if it is quite up to that level of uh, yeah. greatness uh, unfortunately well the original uh, the original album had 14 songs on it and uh, two of them two of the songs are originals and the rest are all covers and the group is the same it's uh, the Jazz, sort of a jazz trio with Diana Krall playing piano, and also a, a bunch of other guest musicians with a couple of cameos from Eric Clapton and Stevie Wonder. At least, at least this we're talking about the album here is what who's on that. It all has the same 
recording quality, recording sound, because it was, as you said, recorded in Capitol Records, and it has a very old retro sound to it, I think. I, I, I really didn't, I mean, in the initial listenings to the album, I, I have to say I didn't really think about Capitol Studios or the history <laughs> of Capitol Studios or any of that kind of stuff, and that was kind of like a lot more highlighted in the uh, special um, there's a, even a, uh, it breaks for a little history of Capitol Studios, and you get the sense of like, ooh, what it must have been like to go into work and be like, oh, Nat King Cole recorded in this room, and right. uh, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So that's kind of I, I, you know, it added just a slight, <laughs> slight layer of uh, that's pretty cool to this, uh, yeah, to this. Uh, <laughs> recording and the idea of doing it but my initial initial reaction to the album coming out is like uh what why <laughs> and um and then i listened to it and i kind of still felt that way kind of like yeah. i think i think i understand he was like oh let's let's do something different and uh that kind of thing but i i feel like um maybe this isn't you know the the best use of his energy yeah yeah i think so i just I, yeah the first time i heard it i didn't really know what to expect i think i'd heard my valentine which is one of the mccartney originals and in my opinion it's i after watching the special i think it's probably the best song on there is his own or maybe that's because it's it has all the mccartney classic hooks to it and the other songs are just covers but in any case i heard that one and i i actually liked that song and thought it worked pretty well but then I listened to the rest of the album, and it just it seemed a little bit of a mismatch to me that Paul would sing these types of songs with a jazz trio and strings and, and that style. I'm not sure he really captured the style quite as well as some other people might have done. One, one of my theories, I think we talked about this uh, uh, before in private, <laughs> but one of my theories uh, is that he came up with the song My Valentine and thought, oh, this is great, but it sounds real old-timey sounding. Mm. And then he was like, hey, 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 <laughs> why don't I do a whole record old-timey sounding stuff? Mm -hmm. Now's the time, let's do it. I'm going to call Diana Kroll up. <laughs> wonder what she's doing. <laughs> She's got some friends who could play too. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I need a I need an unemployed over the hill guitarist. To, 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 oh, Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh. Uh, so, so, uh, but um, but uh, I will say, and and maybe let's play this track, My Valentine, because um, My Valentine is uh, hands down best track on the album. It's a terrific uh, song. Maybe one of the best songs he's written in years. Yeah, yeah. And for Valentine's Day, from now on, you you <laughs> finally have a, a something to play for sure. Exactly. So let's, so let's hear a little bit of what is the eighth track on the album, My Valentine. What if it rained, we didn't care 
She said that someday soon the sun was gonna shine And she was right This love of mine My valentine As days and nights would pass me by I tell myself that I was waiting for a sign Then she appeared A love so fine My Valentine So that was My Valentine from Paul McCartney's newest album, Kisses on the Bottom. It was a song that he explains in the liner notes to the album as well as in the uh, PBS special that it was written for his now wife Nancy and on the album it features a cameo you heard some classical sounding acoustic guitar and that was none other than Eric Clapton on the recording and then in the special uh, we'll, we'll talk about the special a little bit later but uh, for the recording itself Eric Clapton plays some real tasty acoustic guitar licks wouldn't you say? Oh yeah it sounds fantastic yeah, yeah. Uh, the song is so good that it makes me wonder why he didn't do a whole album of originals in the style of sort of old-timey stuff mm. he's written songs before like uh honey pie would be yeah. a good example i guess uh uh sound like an old old song mm-hmm. you know and and he does it very well and he writes it very well and those songs sound good so why not why i mean i know he wants to reimagine some of these old tunes but i'm never gonna go digging into this album and being like oh yeah let me hear uh the glory his version of the glory of love <laughs> you know no and what was weird is i think it might have been in the liner notes or also in the special he talked about how he didn't know a bunch of the songs before he sang them. Uh, the, he said, oh, Diana suggested this one, or the producer, whose name is Tommy LaPuma, who's an old veteran producer, they suggested these songs or brought them in, so maybe they don't sound as authentic or sound as good as My Valentine or something he wrote himself. But you're right, you could almost compile an album of McCartney retro type songs. Yeah, like Honey Pie or You Gave Me the Answer from Venus and Mars. Uh, Your Mother Should Know is kind of like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of tunes that that he's done that you could almost make an album like that. And so continue with My Valentine. And yeah, I, I think that would have been a good idea. So let's, uh, let's uh, shoot down the list here track by track. Album albums with I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter, which has that Kisses on the bottom line, which uh, he maybe ill-advisedly <laughs> uses the uh, the, <laughs> the title of the album. It's kind of cringeworthy title of an album. Especially, uh, especially I have a guitar student, a good friend who I told him about the TV special, and I said it's a on his album Kisses on the Bottom, and he said, "Ooh, ooh, what does that mean? That's not a good thought." <laughs> yeah. And I said, "No, no, it's supposed to be like kisses at the bottom of a letter, like XOXO, you know, at the bottom of a letter." He said, "Oh, okay, all right." Yeah. <laughs> Still, it's like, eh. yeah. So that was a Fats. Uh, was that Fats Waller song or 
Fest. Yeah, why yeah. not call it the my very good friend the boat man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my Valentine. That would have been a great title. Yeah. Like please, like there's there's uh uh a lot of different a lot of different ideas. Yeah. The second uh I'll buy uh, what do you think of that first track? It's okay. It's the the main problem for me with this album is that there's too many songs that are the same tempo. They start to get a little draggy. And I like this one because it actually has a bit of pep to it. It's kind of a mid-tempo jazz standard. Whereas there's about four or five or six even in the middle that are all slow. And yes, I, I completely agree. I yeah. think that's the... Yeah, that's the that's the, the biggest... The whole thing kind of is dragging and yeah. list, a little bit listless, <laughs> a little bit energyless, if you ask me. Do you think and I know. Is- I think, think it's a Diana Krall influence. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. post music's kind of similarly very um, light jazzy. Yeah, you know, it's not John Coltrane or yeah, Miles no, Davis it's not. Or... There's nothing crazy cool about no. her stuff. It's just real solid, low tempo jazz. I yeah, mean, so that's what this turned out as. Uh, so. The second track is Home. And in parentheses, when shadows fall. Uh, this one is particularly dragging for me. <laughs> like, Not to mention, if you listen to one of our previous episodes about seeing Paul live now, we talked about the quality of his voice. And I think you can really hear it on this track. And I, I, how did you describe it? He's got a real, the sound of his voice on this whole album is very airy, I guess. Well, it was the first signs i had of ooh, paul paul's voice is starting to get a little feeble yeah <laughs> you know it's like it's it's showing signs of age yeah and maybe he was shooting for a different thing but i you know and i i feel like he was trying to sing in a different way like really yeah. trying to sing them correctly right and professionally right. Instead of just singing them like Paul would sing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's none of that in this. Which shadows fall. <laughs> none of that. No, none of that. So none you that. Uh, so you take some of the personality out of out of out of Paul, and all you got kind of, now is kind of a seven year old feeble. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that one I think he sounds particularly feeble. For some reason in there uh the next song is it's only a paper moon which is a great standard by harold arlen who whose catalog actually mccartney owns so it's pretty convenient to do and he does a couple of <laughs> harold arlen tracks on here so it's no royalties to pay there you pay yourself yeah. uh, but it's a great song and it has again it has a little bit more motion to it i i like that one it's okay it's a 30s song 1933 uh, I don't mind the fourth song, which is more I Cannot Wish You, but it is very much like, here's a song for uh, to put your children to bed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little sleepy. And and very much like, well, if you like musicals. Yeah, from Guys and then, Dolls. Yeah. And this is an obscure even, even Guys and Dolls thing, because it wasn't in the movie version, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Uh, these are all sort of like interesting choice, obscure choices. 
some of them are, and then it's mixed in with some of the next few are like, kind do of, I need another version yeah. of the next song is The Glory of Love. And that was a song that was done by Benny Goodman, the clarinet and clarinetist and band leader. And it doesn't do much for me, that one. Sort of a set that's you know forgettable song. Well, and don't I mean there's a Dean Martin version of this. Oh yeah. Am I gonna am I gonna go Dean Martin and Paul McCartney? Yeah, thing? that's that's the question too. You, I, it's great to cover things, but do I want to listen to Ella Fitzgerald or Paul McCartney sing it? <laughs> uh, it it's not much of a choice there. So uh, the next one after Glory of Love is We Three, and then we have another parentheses: We Three, My Echo, My Shadow, and Me. Yeah, that's. Uh, what do you think of that one? Again, it's the sort of slow, mid, a little bit draggy again, a lot of strings. Uh, doesn't do much for me. There's a, this lull in the middle. That it's a little sleepy. And they, have you noticed almost all the songs, they fade in? It's like the strings yeah. suddenly come out of nowhere and slowly. Must have been an intentional choice to make it sound kind of like a... I don't know, like a 50s record album or something, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that's what they were shooting for. Yeah. Let's let's play a little bit of the, the next one. Oh, yes. <laughs> so that uh, this is uh, his version. This, once again, one that maybe we don't need another <laughs> version of this, but this is uh, his version of Accentuate the Positive. got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith or pandemonium, liable to walk upon the scene. To illustrate my last remark Jonah in the whale and Noah in the ark What did they do Just when everything seemed so dark Man, they say we gotta accentuate the positive so That was the Harold Arlen <laughs> standard accentuate the positive and we like that uh, one for a particular reason. Yeah, maybe you noticed the Jonah and the whale. <laughs> Nowhere in the ark. <laughs> Nowhere in the ark. Jonah and the whale. So, but very funny. It is It is a good, at least that one breaks up the monotony a little bit. It's got yeah, some motion I think, to it. I think the ones we, we're, we're drawn to playing are, are the better, a little bit quicker ones. The, yeah. the, the, uh, another version of a very, very, very list after my Valentine. <laughs> Then uh, always an Irving Berlin song. Always, yeah, it's just like oh, brother, pretty, list, pretty listless. Uh, oh my lord! Yeah, I think part of the well, maybe one reason why we like the faster ones is on the slow, drawn-out songs. You really hear the vocal a lot more. You hear maybe some of the imperfections, and now in, in some cases that's good because it shows 
somebody is really being emotional in the way they sing, or uh, they have some, you can tell like they're, in, they're like Johnny Cash singing late in life, you know, he's got that world weariness sound. But in this case, when you're trying to replicate a standard and Frank Sinatra song, or he sang it, it, it doesn't quite work as well to me. Well, that's a very good point, a uh, very salient point, because we talked about uh, Paul's, uh, uh, one of, uh, in our underrated Paul McCartney songs uh, episode, we talked about uh, one of his more recent songs and how his voice sounding weak kind of matched the song, mm -hmm. and that the emotion of it, it sounded a little more haunting. I'm trying to think of oh, which... you tell uh, me. You tell me, that's yeah. right. And And then his voice had a little weakness to it, and it sounded... It sounded aged and emotional. It works, yeah. yeah. Yeah, nothing on this sounds like... It just sounds like he's a happy guy with a weak voice. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, <laughs> you know? There's nothing... There's nothing... They didn't, he didn't find songs that, like, really touch a deep emotional part of him. No. Other than My Valentine, which is, you know... Right. Kind of, kind of haunting in a way, even though it's a love song. Yeah. Um... So, so so the the maybe best example of <laughs> of uh not doing something that's very haunting or emotional <laughs> is the next track which uh let's play a little bit of it my very good friend the milkman I'm a very good friend, the milkman says That I've been losing too much sleep He doesn't like the hours I keep And he suggests that you should marry me My very good friend, the mailman says That it would make his burden less If we both had the same address And he suggests that you should marry me So that was my very good friend, the milkman And yeah, I didn't realize Paul was such a good whistler <laughs> <laughs> He actually does whistle really well. Yeah, yeah that is. Let's <laughs> give him props for his, give him his props. whistling chops. Because John, sure. John was the whistler in the Beatles, if you remember. I think he did a lot of the whistling on some of the... I can't remember what tunes have whistling on them, but I think there are some. Yeah, what do you think of my very good friend, the Milkman? Uh, uh, that time it struck me as uh, if Paul was a grandfather singing to a group of children on the uh, uh, on an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, <laughs> and it sounds perfect for it. it <laughs> so Paul's Mr. Rogers now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's followed up by another slow one, which is a, another old song called Bye Bye Blackbird, and this song was actually recorded also by Ringo on his... Ringo even did a cover album of standards, uh, Sentimental Journey, and his version yeah. sounds a lot different than this one, but uh, again, just another, well, another yeah. slow one. Yeah, once again, here's the people who have covered this song. Recording. Bing Crosby, Etta James. Okay, do we need to go Eric, further? Diana Krall. Oh, so she knows it. Uh, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Johnny Mathis. Nina Simone, Frank Sinatra, yeah, Mel Torbay, Sarah Vaughn. Wow, like, that's pretty much. Who are you like... gonna choose out that? List, you know? 
you could wow, you could have a whole album of Bye Bye Blackbird by all the best singers in popular music history here. Right. So that, but that's the thing, you know. If you're going to cover a song, I've always felt this way, and we talked about this on our cover uh, version episode. If you cover it, you either need to bring something new to it, or do it in your way that is so uh, that really is like a picture perfect replication of how your your style is. So yeah, and I I always found uh, uh, particularly when we when we were talking about um, honey pie and like uh, whatever you think of honey pie as <laughs> as on the ranking of all time Beatles songs. Think about how it was recorded and how it had it had a unique sound to it, and yeah. it had now is at the bedtime, right, right. and then that all those little touches, all those it. little touches, and this just strips all that away. Like, yeah, eh, we're not gonna we're not gonna go to what I think might be Paul McCartney's strengths and all of his greatest songs. I mean, even our, one of our agree to disagree songs uh, is is uh, Admiral Halsey. Uh, which, yeah. which has not much meat on the bone mm -hmm. as far as lyrics, but the, the 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 things that Paul can do and and the ways that Paul can like record things and make it sound so you know full of life mm -hmm. uh, sometimes is is uh, uh, spectacular. And he doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to bother with any of that. I'm just a, I'll just be the singer on he's this the one, singer. fellas. Right. Right. So, and I just, I just don't know if it works for me. Yeah. Get yourself another fool is the next track. Uh, kind of a forgettable. Yeah, doesn't stand. Even on this good. album, forgettable. <laughs> Chris is kind, a big fan of the next one. He likes kind this. of a treat. I like this song. <laughs> I, I like how it was called the uh, mathematical song. Yeah. Yeah, I forget exactly how it was. Phrased in, I think it was an old Rolling Stone yeah. that had Paul on the on the cover, uh, but it's a it's a song there where there's some math in it. Which it is weird. Yeah, uh, Wikipedia says this song has be become a popular children's song and is best known for its arithmetical chorus. Oh, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> exactly. It. Two uh, and two are four. Four and four are eight. Eight and eight are sixteen. Sixteen and sixteen are thirty-two. So let's hear a little bit of the inchworm. <laughs> inchworm. Sixteen 
Inchworth, Inchworth, measuring the marigolds. You and your arithmetic, you probably go far. So that was the Frank Lesser song, Inchworm. I mean, it's a, it's another example of like, are you going to put that on? And, and rock out to it. Yeah. No. So, um, you know, say you're at home uh, on a night, and you're you like to you like to relax with a, a glass of wine. You don't care much for classical music, and you like like vocal music, but you you don't you're not you, you don't you don't have a big collection. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't have Frank Sinatra to listen to. You don't have. You know, dozens and dozens and dozens of other yeah. go-to things you can listen to. Then sure, pop this one on, and it'll put you right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets the desired effect. Yep. And then so, the album ends with the other original on here, which is called Only Our Hearts. So we're continuing the Valentine and hearts and love tradition here. This is supposed to be a love album, remember? Yeah. And... Uh, this one, I guess, is notable because it has Stevie Wonder playing harmonica on it. Yeah, um, a little reunion of sorts between yeah. those two. Yeah, a little ebony and ivory going. <laughs> uh. And then if you, uh, yeah, and that, uh, once again, it's it's okay. It's mm -hmm. not nothing. I think maybe it would have been a complete miss on if, had this been an all Paul McCartney album. Yeah, yeah. Whereas My Valentine really stands out as a good song. Right. And then if you get the deluxe version, which was, I guess, only available at Target, there's <laughs> a couple more uh, tunes, uh, Baby's Request and My One and Only Love, which is uh, a cover song. But Baby's Request is some uh, also uh, McCartney-written tune. That was from Back to the Egg. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's, that's one of your favorite albums, I know. Wow. Yeah. 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 So that's, Somehow. but that's, that would actually fit on that album I was talking, proposed album I was talking about of Paul McCartney doing old song styles, because that's another one that's in that same old vein, like Honey Pie or something from the 30s or 40s. Yeah. So. Now, um, on the special, you got to see, um, several of these tracks and uh one thing uh you pointed out was the drummer paul's normal drummer was there just to sing backup vocals yeah and they had a they had a nice setup there in the Capitol studio and it kind of looked like everybody was like looking at each other while they were playing it was kind of a kind of interesting nice cool little concert that they had yeah, and the filming was very nice because it would go back and forth between color and black and white. And most, almost, I think all the songs were in black and white, so it gave it kind of an older feel, like a historic look as they're sitting in the Capitol studio, and you can see Paul's microphone that says Capitol Records on it. So it's it's very it's really supposed to evoke that era, and going back to that. Uh, the one thing I didn't like about the filming was that it. it it has all these quick cuts. It, it was like the cameraman could not just hold the camera. It kept switching all the time. And sometimes you just want to watch the person sing. They know? continuously did this split screen Yes, thing. that's what I mean. That sort of thing. And I think it was the second track that they played on this special. 
I, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Maybe it was uh, more I Cannot Wish You or something. Mm-hmm. And it had all these memories. And so it had all these pictures of Paul oh, as a yeah. youth and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And giving you, trying to give you the idea that, you know, oh, we get why he's doing this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, there were pictures of the Beatles and then he and his father and... Uh, family pics and things like that so in between each of the performances they would have little interviews with him or other members of the band Uh, they had interviews with eric clapton who he was on the album but he didn't play in the special anywhere i could see yeah Uh, and then uh, they had the producer and the engineer and they all talked about how paul was really a great guy to work with and very professional and they all had a great atmosphere and it was very improvisational in the studio which I can kind of see uh, yeah but there were also some other guests as well including uh, the aforementioned <laughs> Joe Walsh was in there playing on a couple of tracks including my Valentine and what do you think of Joe Walsh well I think life's uh, been good to him so far <laughs> Uh, um, you know, here's what I like about more recently with him, him and Paul have been working together a little bit, uh, a couple of times and, and, uh, it seems like he's perfectly happy just to be the guitarist Yeah. in these collaborations when he's not the guitarist, uh, is when I don't like him so much, no, but, uh, no. but he's not a bad guitarist and yeah. I, I have to say, I think the like the bass player was uh, fantastic in the special. Very and good. Yeah, they're all they're all great musicians and and yeah. know what they're doing. And Diana Krall has a particular kind of style, and if you like her, then mm-hmm. uh, you know she's very does very good at what she does. But I find all of it kind of like not my cup of tea yeah. for this in this particular sort of genre. I'll t- I'll take some classics, you know. I'll yeah. even take maybe Harry Connick Jr. or something like that over Paul. It's just not Paul's kind of wheelhouse, and I think he stepped out of his wheelhouse and and decided to do something different. and And maybe that in itself is is a good idea at this point of his career, mm-hmm. just to mix it up as much as he can. But in this instance, I'd say it's sort of a failed experiment. Yeah. And I have to give the album as a rating, maybe a... F- oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> maybe... Do I go four? No, I, yeah. I think I think I go five. I, I'm probably right there with you. I, I did think that the... That seeing some of the songs perform live helped a little bit for me maybe brought them to life a little bit more because you could actually see what they were playing and see how they interacted. And you're right, the way they set it up was nice because Paul was looking right at, I think he was looking right at Diana Krall. And on the basis was, they all could see each other really closely. It seemed to be a little bit more interesting that way. He did make the point, which was very true. He said, I'm used to always writing a song on guitar or piano and, and being able to hold something. And he... You'll see him if you watch the special. He isn't—he doesn't play any instruments on it, so he's just doing a lot of unusual hand gestures. And <laughs> yes, there's a lot of point straight, and then and then cuff your hand, and then there's a lot of hand mirroring 
uh, a lot yeah. a lot of like hand, hand like he's holding a, a couple of dishes or something yeah. you know like yeah. he's pleading with you to like listen to the lyrics yes and so it seemed <laughs> a little uncomfortable maybe for him i think you're right i think you give him some credit for stepping out and trying to do something different and uh, I, I just don't know for my ears or yours it sounds like if it works as well as uh, something else that he could try so I would probably also give it about a five and and then ask for a little more variety I think in the arrangements or the sound or something to help uh, help keep the listener interested and I guess if this is maybe a good background album could you see it that way like at a I don't know if you're Oh yeah, if, you're borders, if there was still yeah. borders around. Yeah, like at a <laughs> Barnes and Noble or something, you're walking around the store, it, it would work. Or if you're at home on a Friday night with your significant other and uh, just eating dinner or something, it could be kind of softly in the background, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, chores. Yeah, you got chores to do. <laughs> it's it's good to have on the in the other room while it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Just to have some noise in the bedroom or something yeah, while you're, something, you know, <laughs> right? Something to to kill the silence a little, yeah. Yeah, so, that's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly what you wanted in a record, you no, know. It's, not it's really kill the silence, but not really. But maybe part of it too is that it could be generational. I I'd be interested in asking somebody who grew up with those songs or who's Paul's age uh, or parents or something. Uh, see what their reaction is. Maybe it's it's a generational thing, and it would be different than ours. Yeah, I just think I just think uh, uh, my last take on it, and then I want to hear your rating. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, my last take on it is this: It's like I I want Paul to keep recording, even despite what we've said recently about <laughs> him being feeble and you know maybe time to retire from being on the road. Yeah. But I want him to keep recording. But I want I. What are Paul McCartney's strengths? Songwriting, one of the greatest bass players of all time, and yep. good piano player, good guitar player, good drummer. Yep. Eh, average drummer. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 so let's see you do with that. That's a lot <laughs> like, of good stuff right there. There's a lot of highlights right there. Big yeah. things. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's Yeah, it, yeah it's tough. Tough, tough for me to see him just not doing any of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, and I would rate it probably about where you do, maybe five or it, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not going to be an album I listen to very often, and yeah. that's too bad. But uh, supposedly, according to rumors, we can look forward to a rocking McCartney album soon, or maybe in the fall, uh, uh, next spring, late fall, or early spring, or something. Uh, there's another album coming out, so we'll see. All right, Dave. Well, let's uh, wrap it up by hearing. Uh, how about we hear one more little take of how about the glory of love? Yeah, All right, it's we'll, out. We'll finish up with the glory of love. So thanks for listening. Feel free to comment, and we'll catch you next time. You gotta give a little, take a little, and let your poor heart break a little. That's the story of 
And that's the glory of love Now laugh a little Cry a little Until the clouds roll by A little That's the story of That's the glory of love 